This is Corolla Digital. Hello, my little tangerines. It's me, Allison. Welcome to another special Allison, Gary, and you guys show. How's it going? It's going well over here. I have to say, um, there have been, for the most part, the response to these shows has been really thunderously um, approving. People love the show. They love the chance to get to know me better, the chance to get to know Gary better, and they like the pace. There's been a few people who have shitty things to say, and to them, I say, go fuck yourself, A. But also, I was thinking about it, and yes, this might not be as polished, and it might not be as um, fast-paced or as as all the other things that the interview show is, but this, I just... I don't know. I, I was, I'm really happy with it. I like the show that we're doing. I like the segments. I like the songs. I like me. I like Gary. I like what we talk about. And if you don't like it, then don't listen. You know, I didn't intend for this to be kind of ranty. I just intended to say that I'm happy with this. And uh, I guess the only sort of logical, logical uh, place that that could go is I'm happy with this. So if you aren't, don't listen. But it's just you know, if you feel like some, if you feel like something I'm doing or some this music or this that or this new thing or whatever is like, uh oh, I ha- this was a great show and now something I'm doing is making it all fucked up. Then I feel like uh, you weren't ever really a fan. So listen to a show that you like better, okay? Just tell them what to do, Gary. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. But in general, I didn't want to start off on a negative fuck. fuck. I didn't want to start off on a negative fuck. I wanted to start off on a positive fuck and to say I love you guys and thank you so much for your feedback and for telling your friends about the show and for just making me feel good about it. And in fact, there was an email I received. However, the email is in my bag, which is on the floor, and I'm sitting in this chair in Adam Carolla's studio, which is aloft in a sense. So there's no way I can lean down without totally... I I will eat shit and possibly die if I try to get it while still talking. You know what I'm going to do? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm taking the microphone with me. Lifting the microphone up. Here we go. Going to lean down. Can I do it? Oops. I don't know. Oh, oh, I'm doing it. Oh, I deserve some kind of metal. Now I'm going through my papers. This is scintillating podcast content. Going to drop the bag. Listen to it. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to find the email. But first, oh, here we are. Okay. Found the email. I feel like there needed to be a song during that, and the song would have been um, finding the email, finding the email, finding the email, email. Okay. Here we go. Here's an email that I found. Allison and Gary, 
I really love listening to your podcast. I especially love the grammar talk mixed with girly talk. I just lost my mom two weeks ago. She was an English teacher who loved Mark Twain. When my mom was housebound, I would call her every day to talk girl stuff and wordplay. She had a great sense of humor and was always upbeat. Listening to your podcast is like having my mom back for an hour. It reminds me so much of how free she was to talk about anything, even subjects that are disgusting or something most people hide. So know that when you get someone writing in hate, that there is at least one gal pal out there who appreciates the humor and honesty you bring to the table at every episode. Thanks for all that you do. Melissa, P.S. My brother, mother, and I all loved picking at scabs and especially peeling a sunburn. There is something fascinating about how the human skin regenerates itself. Yes, there is. This, I keep thinking about this email because um, it meant so much to me and my heart goes out to you and I'm of course I'm wondering how you're doing having lost your mom two weeks ago and I love uh I love the scab picking first of all and the skin peeling and the love of wordplay and I just love that listening to this show make makes you feel like it's bringing your mom back my god um thank you so much and um and a big Alice and Gary hug to you and Gary, how do you feel about peeling skin after sunburn? I, no. Yeah, that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Melissa. This is where we diverge. Because the skin peeling after sunburn, I feel like you do it, you, you could easily go too far. It's sort of like picking at a hangnail. One minute, something fun to pick. Next minute, you got like a little, you're, you're bleeding. I might pass out just thinking about it. Gary's looking at his nails. Is that how you are with the, the skin peeling after sunburn? The idea that you might just go into new skin? I spend a ridiculous amount of energy to make sure I never get sunburned. What does that mean? All sorts of uh, SPF? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I Maybe I don't spend as much energy as I just made it sound like, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm very, very diligent. Because when I get a sunburn, I'm a baby. Like, I, like, my life just ended. Yeah. I haven't had a sunburn in a long time. And it's because I haven't been in the sun in a long time. And you people who think I'm too pale... I don't want to hear it. But one time, my friend, oh, he, Gary was ready to tell them to fuck themselves, weren't, weren't, weren't you? Hey, I saw your fuck hey, wrist. Hey, <laughs> go fuck yourself. There's a lot of that in this episode, and that's okay. This one time, my friend and I were at this bar, the, the bar that we used to frequent. We were kind of barflies in a way, and this guy that we knew, who was pretty cute, was it New Year's? I don't know. He was very sun sunburned but in that way that cute guys can be where like oh how cute your nose is crinkled and sunburned but his back was also sunburned and he wanted to come back to (laughs) he wanted no he did come back to my friend who was my roommate he came back uh to our place and we were hanging out in front of the fireplace and i don't know where he got the idea that we were going to have a threesome because i certainly wasn't going to that's I like I can't even handle a one sum or two sum. There's too much to think about. Three sum, I don't think so. Uh and plus totally have a stick up my ass. So anyway, I think we had been joking about it though, and he was too drunk to realize that we were just joking. So his move to try to get us both in the mood was to suggest that he takes his shirt off and we try to peel his back. <laughs> so I went to sleep. But I think my roommate might have peeled that back, if you know what I'm saying. I don't think that was really his move to get you in the mood. I think that was his move to get his shirt off, which is the first step towards everyone having their shirt off. I guess. I don't think that any guy thinks that you're going to get two chicks in the mood by asking them to peel your sunburn. 
But at I, least no no fucking guy that you should have invited back to your place. Right. But I think that – well, I guess I can see where he's coming from that it's like, this will be good. I'll have them touching me. I mean, I feel like at least use the thing that everyone does in college, which is back rubs. But, yeah. you know. Yeah. All right, Gary. He wasn't trying to get you in the mood. He was trying to get articles of clothing off. I think you're right. Okay. Have you ever picked someone else's zit? Because I – you – Yeah, I think I have. It's – this isn't going nearly in the direction you want to, but oh. yeah. No, I have a. Was I had it a, your mom or something? No, no. I had a roommate in college who like delighted, and like anytime he'd see a zit on my face, he'd like insist on fucking popping it, which I hated. Uh-huh. Like, he never got zits, and he used to purposely like fuck with me and like leave, like like hurt me. So the first, so the one time Aww. he got a zit, I like pinned him down and like. Then did, did you make out? Yeah. <laughs> well, we were naked the whole time. Okay, that that makes sense. Wait, he would hurt you. Yeah, I just he, felt a pang of wanting to protect my Gary. Uh, he knew that I hated the zit thing, and he would, like, purposefully, like, push from further away than you needed to to make sure it was extra painful because he delighted in watching me squirm. Like, and, if like, there was a zit on your nose, he'd push each of your cheeks? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's not – that's sort of an exaggeration, but right. not by much. Like, if the zit was – he would push from, like – like, his thumbs would be two inches away. That sounds painful, it and it sounds like it would that would that could just scare the zit right back in. You're not supposed to do that. And here's the thing: I'm someone who likes to pick at things, as I think is is very clear from this show. Although I'm not nearly as obsessed with it as I'm making myself sound, but I don't get off on picking other people's things. That's just me. Maybe I'm is that just me or everyone? I think it might be. All right, I think that we have some iTunes comments of the week. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments and don't forget to click five stars. All right, we have two iTunes comments of the week this week. The first one comes from Sabrina Beans, and it's titled BFF for Eva. And yeah, that's spelled E V A H, which mm. is why I said Eva. All right, so love this podcast. Allison is totally open and relatable, freaking real, and I love hearing her discuss her insecurities and vulnerabilities <laughs> in this world obsessed with the polished, shiny illusion of perfection. I love you, but I also love how freaking real was pronounced. Well, the real was in all caps. It was good. I liked it. It was high energy. The various segments are quirky and fun. Interviews are great, and Gary is a delight. I shall say it again. I love this podcast. I love you. Thank you so much. All right, and our second iTunes comment of the week comes from uh, Daniel H., uh, spelled kind of a weird way, and it's titled New Best Friend, Hardly. I love the podcast. I've clicked through the website to buy things. I've even bought the greatly underpriced $1.99 for the live show with Doug Brenson and Greg Proops. So what is my issue? I thought she was my new best friend. But see, I'm an architect, and Allison keeps telling me in my profession to go fuck itself. (laughs) I know hundreds of architects, and I can name at least three that are not conceited assholes. Can I continue to think of Allison as my best friend? Well, at least Gary is cool. Oh, Daniel H., I feel like you're making my point or you're just joking around. But um, here's the thing. Someone came up to me at, at our live show at Amalfi the other day and said that he really enjoyed me on the Adam Carolla show, but he's an architect. And I was like, you're not all bad. Look, I'm not saying all architects are bad. I'm just saying I think there's a particular architect personality that is a megalomaniac and a control freak, possibly an asshole, not very compassionate. There's exceptions to everything. 
Try to think of a, a profession where I think, oh, that's usually a good person. Can you think of any, Gary? Firefighter? Um, I mean, some of them have their vices, but it, your in whole, general, your it's whole sort of a humanitarian, is, like yeah. saving people. Well, doctor, let's say. There's plenty. No, doctors are kind of control no, freaks. No, yeah. Some doctors um, yeah. can be a little bit too much. But, right. Yeah, I'm just thinking of You're people. You're talking about who, Dr. Drew, aren't you? A little Drew goes a long way. No, 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 no. Actually, it's funny. A little Drew is not enough. I feel like I feel like a lot of Drew is just the right amount. Yeah. I sound like I'm talking about someone I have a crush on, which maybe you do. I do. Just a little bit. Yeah. I do. Yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah. So and you should check Allison out on his podcast. It's a great episode. Yes. And check him out on my podcast. That too. But I'm sure you already have because you're listening to this. Probably. And this is for fans only unless you just want to listen and you're not a fan. That's fine too. Yeah. All right. So architects, I think we're good. You just stay over there at your drafting table with your CAD machine and your special kind of pens, writing in all caps, telling people what to do, and firing them. And I'll be over here, hugging people and uh, popping zits. The end of that, not the end of this show. A couple quick things. I read, I read, this is, there's no segue here. Here we go. Sans segue. So, not even going to try to do it. Um, so I reread Great Gatsby a couple days ago. It's a quick read. I read it in high school, or so I thought. However, as I was reading it, I was thinking, did I ever really read this? Although I know that I did read it. I, it, it just, it's sort of part of a larger thing I've been thinking, which is all the stuff I read in school I feel like I was just too young to really understand it and certainly too young to appreciate it. And as I was reading it, it wasn't like, oh, this is familiar. It was really more like, oh, I really feel like I'm reading this for the first time. The writing is beautiful, and I don't know how I miss that. Because even as, like from a pretty young age, I was aware of tone and writing. So I think that in school I was maybe just so focused on I just want to do the assignment and learn what I need to learn and get past it and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. But I'm wondering, do you guys also have that feeling that this, you don't either don't remember what you read or didn't appreciate it? Gary? Things are harder when they're assigned to you. Yes. I think that's definitely what it is. Yeah. No, I mean, there's things that I've reread that I got a lot more out of. It, it, when, when you're being forced to do something... There's a level of resentment that I think prevents you from absorbing and cert- it the way that you would do it if yeah. it was for pleasure. Right. So, and certainly it prevents you from doing from, – from any sort of pleasure reading. I don't think I read – well, maybe by the time I got to college a little bit. But still, most of – and I remember being assigned pages and I, I just – honestly, I don't think I read all of them. I'm surprised that I passed. Yeah. Spark notes were awesome. Spark notes. I, we had Cliff's notes. Yeah. In my day. Sparknotes were the free ones on the internet that came later. Mm-hmm. I had Cliff Notes for the first couple of years, and then Sparknotes came up, and everyone was – it blew everyone's mind because it was free, and you didn't have to go anywhere. It was great. Do you remember – I don't know. Did Sparknotes – Not that I ever used those as a substitute for doing my work. Of course not. That wouldn't be Ethical. very you. Um, Newport Mesa Unified would not have approved. No, they were zero tolerance, weren't they? They were. 4210, baby. What's 4210? 
That might not have been around when you were there. That was their, like, zero-tolerance drugs, alcohol, and tobacco. If you got caught with any of them, even not at school, you were, like... It was, like, code 4210? Yeah. And you, Did... like, got sent to another school for, like, 90 days or something. I'll never forget Yeah, but the, the cool school and... where the kids smoked in class. I no, guess. they sent you, like, it, towards... When I got there, they sent you to, like, Coast... They sent you, like, a dangerous school. They sent you to, like, Costa Mesa High School or something, like... Well, I mean, it's not, okay, sorry. Well, it's not I dangerous. I know, a little rougher than where we went to But compared to where yeah. we were, yeah. Right. Well, when I was there, the the cool bad kids got sent to Back Bay, and I don't, alternative schooling, and I don't know what happened there, but it seemed cool. I think there was a lot of hanging out around trailers and smoking pot. Yeah, it was all in trailers, right? Yeah. That just sounds like a field trip. Yeah, that was where you got sent after your, like, second or third 4210 when I was right. there. Did you ever get in trouble? No. I get, ever... sent to, I get sent to the principal's office, but I was really cool with him, and he'd just ask me what I did that time, and I'd tell him, and he'd laugh, and he'd give me money and tell me to go take him star- bring him Starbucks. Are you serious? Yeah. I was really – I was on ASB. I was tight with all of the right authority figures. I knew what, I knew what was up. Is that why you did that? Yeah. Really? Fuck Work in yeah. the system. Are you kidding As a me? young kid. Hell yeah. Yeah. You but gotta... why, who, why would you get sent there to the principal's office? Oh, I used to antagonize teachers I didn't like. So that I would get sent out of class. Because I – they didn't – no one knew except for me and, like, my close friends that if I got sent to the principal's office, that meant me telling a joke and going to Starbucks for Mr. Gata. Like, it was, like, a very quiet thing. He didn't want anyone else to know because he didn't have that getting out. Right. So it was – I would antagonize teachers and they'd send me to the principal's office thinking they were teaching me a lesson and – They were just sending you on a Starbucks run. Yeah. What would you do to antagonize them? Oh, I don't know. I I – I might have thrown a little clay in pottery class a couple times. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'd just repeat the same jokes over and over again that I knew would piss off the teacher until they broke. Stuff like that. Do you nothing, remember what any of them were? No. Nothing that bad. I mean, listen, there, were kid, there was a kid the year above me who ditched school, uh, ditched school because he hated his English teacher, um, came to school wearing a ski mask, opened the door threw a paintball grenade into the room and then closed the door and, like, put something hard in front of it so no one could get out. And it, like, Jeez. splattered and destroyed the whole room, like, destroyed all the kids' clothes, destroyed all the art in this English room. And then when the principal called his mom, she lied and said he'd been sitting on the couch, like, sick all day. Wow. But it was, like, widely known that that wasn't the case. So, so he didn't get in trouble at all? No. So, like, my throwing a, you know, golf ball-sized thing of clay at my friend or right. you know, calling a teacher a stupid nickname was very mild. Who was the English teacher? Do you know? For all of our fans um, who went to Corona Del Mar High School? No. She was a senior English teacher that I didn't have. But I could look it up in a yearbook. Genie, genie someone? There was a genie? I would, I would only remember her last name. And there was a Suzanne? God damn it. Johnson? Johnston? No, she, was, she taught younger. Um, all right. It'll come to us. If you're dying to know... You're not. Well, there's something I was going to say. You had pottery wheels and clay and stuff? Oh, hell yeah. I don't think we had that at the school when I was there. It was in the room. Um, 
Okay, so it was the 200 building, the 300 building, and then what was the other building that had, like, the yearbook room? And 400, 400 or 500 or Okay, it was 400, I think. So if you went all the way down, there were the, there were steps, and there were, like, three yes. little classrooms down there. Yeah, that's where the art – oh, yes, I remember that. Yeah. That's where someone had written, and I don't know if it was still there, Ron Howard is a masturbator, but they misspelled masturbator. <laughs> I don't think that it was It said Ron there. Howard is a masturbator. Uh, did you have Ron Howard? He looked like a yeah. peanut on feet. I definitely did. Yeah. All right. So there's that, The Great Gatsby. And then also, oh, speaking of writing, my column. If you would like to check out my weekly column, you should do so. Follow me on Twitter. I tweet out the link. Or if you go to my website, it's also there. Um, and it is also, it's beginning to appear in different papers around this fine nation of ours. However, if you're a fan of me and you would like to read my writing in your local paper, hit up your local paper and tell them they should carry my column. That would be delightful. But only do it if you want. But it'd be neato if you did. I feel like that was really persuasive of me, and especially my using the word neato. Okay. Well, luckily, they're all still with us from that very specific Corona Del Mar talk. Who are we talking to at this point anymore? Does anyone listen to this? Actually, a lot of people do. Yeah, I know. I'm always surprised when I see the tweets. And, pe- they, and they love it for the most part. There's a couple jerks, but I feel like those jerks – don't love anything. They love being jerks. Yeah. But yeah, people are liking this. So, all right. Fan phone call time. On a fan, fan phone call. Allison, what thank you all. On a fan, fan phone call. We are going to be calling Alicia. You have reached the sprint. Voice mailbox of Alicia. Hello, it is Allison from Allison Rosen is your new best friend, and it is also Gary from Allison Rosen is your new best friend. We were calling to talk to you during the fan phone call segment, but alas, it has gone to voicemail. I had put a little note next to your name on our list of fan phone call names. It said hair drain. So I'm thinking that you wrote in with some clever solution to my problem of long hair in the drain. And I bet it was that thing of collecting it in your hand and sticking it on the wall, because that's some people's solution. And Gary's looking at me like I'm crazy. Gary, more than one long-haired lass has suggested doing that. That's a great way to not have your hair go down the drain. Hey, don't look at me. I didn't invent it. Anyway, Alicia, what's up? I hope you're doing something fun. Um, and I hope you're not too sad when you get this message. Although some level of sadness is just, it just can't be avoided. Okay, goodbye. What are you going to do? I don't know. That's we we've had a really good batting average. I think we were due. I know. I know it's cuz we were we were aware of our good batting average. Um Plus yes. It's late. I know. Yes, Gary. Yes, yes. Gary. People have said a good thing to do cuz remember when I mentioned yeah, I remember. my hair long hair issue. They said and they usually use the caveat of this is gross but if you can handle it. Comb your yeah, hair with that your was fingers. Thus, my look. Oh, that it was gross. Yeah, I mean, how that's I understand that's a solution. It yeah. prevents it from the drain. Right. Just like you know, shooting boogers onto the wall keeps them off the floor. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good solution to the problem. It's just a way to stop it from being on the floor, or in this case, the drain. If you were going to shoot a booger onto the wall, though, would you put one finger over one nostril, or would you just do just go full? I wouldn't. But if you had to. Yeah. Gun one, to your head. One finger. 
<laughs> that's if you the... just blow haphazardly with both nostrils open, you have no idea where anything's going. You're right. That there's is, at least, that is there's correct. There's at least some aim if you concentrate the air. Right. Because I feel like I've seen people blow their nose into a Kleenex with just the not even pressing either nostril and just like... No, that I can do. But but would you want to? No, but <laughs> but it's... No, but it's a reasonable thing if you're like really sick or stuffed up. I guess. I'm trying to think what it might issue... Here's my problem. I feel like... This is what it is. No disclaimer. I feel like if you're with us, you know it's gross right now. When you do that without even pressing one nostril, then it's possible you're going to pull something up from your lungs or something. Like, who knows? Your brain could come out your nose. Who knows what's cut? There's too, it's just, it's too, it's like a, it's too wild. I don't know. I'm always hoping for something significant when I blow my nose. Are you serious? Like what? Fuck yeah, because if I'm blowing my nose, if I'm blowing my nose, I'm trying to get something out of there. So the more that comes out, the closer I am to my goal. Interesting. And let me tell you, the guy that uh, sat down next to me in the middle seat, the last person onto the plane on this this most recent trip that I had, had when no... you gave the aisle, when you very kindly allowed our boss to have the one aisle seat and to think that he uh, found it on his own. No, it was actually a different flight, but oh, okay. But it was, was still very nice of you to do that. Well, thanks. He you uh, your job. Listen, like I said, friends in high places. It's just like <laughs> just like the principal thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the guy sitting next to me, last person on the plane, had no problem taking out his giant handkerchief and blowing with no nostril control for the whole fucking four-hour flight. Did it sound like he was producing anything, or were they just dry nozzles? <laughs> I had my headphones in, turned all the way up, and my head was permanently turned away from him for the whole four hours, because yeah. I was deathly afraid of getting sick while I was out of town. Yeah. That's gross. Oh, this is when you were coming back from the wedding. Uh, going to the wedding, actually. Going to the wedding. But, yeah. Right. The super fancy wedding wear, in case anyone's wondering, although they know because of Twitter, you did wear your vest. (laughs) There was a debate. Yeah. I wish I hadn't. Why? Because no one else was, and I knew that... Because no one else was. And so you feel like you're that that guy? No. The the reason that I asked about the vest on Twitter and was having second thoughts about it was because I knew it was going to lead to the groom making fun of me. Oh. And sure enough, I was the first person he talked to after he came out of the ceremony, and he made a very good joke. What was it? You have to know the guy, but he asked me to serve him an hors d'oeuvre. Like, you got to know our relationship, but it was I I don't I don't know him, and I still get what he's saying, and I... It was... I'm having a hearty laugh at your expense. It's more layered, but it was perfect. Okay. Yeah. Did you serve him at one point or something? No, I made a joke about his receding hairline. Oh. And and I do feel bad about this. I made a... I told him that I could have engineered the wedding and the wireless mics wouldn't have been popping so bad. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel bad about that because I know he was really upset about it because the wireless mics were going in and out throughout the whole wedding and you could just kind of see his face contorting. That's kind of awful. Yeah. Not what you said. What you said is also awful, but no, that's awful to have that happen at a wedding. It was the only thing in the like whole that night that went happens. wrong. It was the only thing in the whole night that went wrong, and it started going wrong before anyone was speaking. Like yeah. During the bride walking down, you could hear the fucking speakers popping on I wonder what that is about. Yeah, bad audio engineers. Speaking of weddings and all that, I um, should say that for people who have been f- 
following the saga of my inability to make decisions, specifically my inability to figure out what I wanted regarding a ring. And I always have to give this disclaimer, which is I know people have real problems. And I know this is like the most non... I'm not saying this is a problem that I am facing or anything. I'm just saying this is something that is going on in my life and it happened to be something that I was like, I need to figure out how to make decisions better because this is, I, I feel very paralyzed by the fact that I have to consider every option and I'm overthinking everything or whatever. Um, I don't mean to say, Oh, what was me with my, Oh, I can't pick out what kind of diamond I want. Uh, but anyway, so I have, I've been trying uh, to just, when I go to, choose something where there's not really intrinsically one thing that's better than another. What actually Dr. Drew, we mentioned him, what he recommended and what my therapists have recommended is to really just like figure out like, what do I like better? And I was like, but I, that's the thing. I have no idea, but they both convinced me that somewhere deep down, I actually do know. And I'm just not paying attention to that. Um, my therapist actually put it like, pay attention to, your energy, like what do you brighten at? What makes you feel better? This isn't about, you know, all these external things. It's just what makes you feel better when you think about it or when you look at it. So I made, the ring is being made right now. Finally made that decision. But it came down to, we were choosing the diamond and it came down to two different diamonds. And one actually was better than the other one. It was a, if you guys have ever gone through the process of, uh, of selecting a diamond, like for a brief amount of time, you actually have all this diamond information in your head, like the four C's and all that. And then I ha- I'm convinced that a certain amount of time after that, it completely drops out of your head. And then you just look at things and you're like, Ooh, pretty shiny, sparkly, or whatever you think, as opposed to noticing all these tiny little things that you're never going to notice again. But anyway, came down to two. One actually, like I said, was a little bit better, but the other one, for some reason, I just kept coming back to it. It was just the the way it sparkled or the way the light reflected from it. So the old me would have been like, I think I like I think I like this one better, but I know in my head that this other one is better. And what am I going to be happier with in the long run? And I should probably just get the thing that is actually better because it's I don't know because like the, this the jeweler guy seems to be saying that this one is more perfect. And yet there's something about this other one that I like. And I probably would have chosen just the one that on paper was better because I would have been like, it just, I just should like that better. But instead with my new, this is how I'm going to make decisions from now on attitude. I ultimately ended up choosing the one that is not the better one because I just thought it was prettier and I just liked it better. And I think that uh, that's my, I feel actually strangely liberated by my new decision-making thing of I'm not, I mean, unless it's something that actually matters in like a real way where it's important to sit down and think about the pros and cons and to really consider the ramifications. But if it's just something that's one of these like decisions where it's ultimately I'm the one who's going to be affected and it's just, what do I like better? The kind of things that totally tie me up. Um, I feel liberated now that I feel like I can just be like, I'm going to choose this blue thing because I happen to like blue today, or I'm going to choose this because of this. Um, and I'm just going to do what I like today. I'm not going to think about, am I going to like it in the future? Because I don't, I, I, you, you only ever are living in the moment. Um, which is why I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to move to an Island. Not what am really. I doing here? 
What? What am I doing here if you're quitting your job? I'm not really quitting my job. Oh. I think that's growth. Thank you. That's good. Yeah, it feels like growth. And and now I'm like, holy shit, this is how everyone else has been doing it this whole time. No, no, it's simpler for everyone else. You're still, you know, you're coming closer. But, but holy shit, this is similar to how everyone else has been doing it. Like I, I said before, I said to Daniel, how did you choose this color for your car? And he's like, I don't know, I just liked it. I was like, what? I have never, ever, ever, ever made a decision that way. For me, choosing a car color is always this huge, not like I've had a billion cars, but it's this huge thing of like, well, there's this, but what about that? I mean, I remember asking my friends what color car I should get before. I'm like, well, what does this one suggest you? I ended up getting black and that was actually a horrible decision. No, just... Bringing your friends into it in general is a bad decision. I know, and I always have done that in the past. That's just that's just dumb. I mean, I'm all no offense. I'm all for oh, none taken. <laughs> I'm all I'm all for deliberating in your own head, but once you start letting others in, you're just fucked. Well, and that's always they're always going to be in your head, even once you think you've made the right decision for yourself. Yeah, and that's always what I did in the past, and it's especially crazy. It's one thing to bring your friends into it when it's a guy that you like, and you're like, and then he's, which is what I always would do in the past, and then he said this, and then this happened, and then he said this, and blah blah blah. And so, what do you think? Because then that can almost be like a fun afternoon, probably not for your friends, right? And that's that's what you do. Yeah, exactly. But something like I can't decide what color to get or whatever to get your your friend's opinion of that it well that really is subjective yeah but i was doing that with the rings like i was i was taking pictures of rings and sending them to to my mom and my sister and my friends being like which do you like better and it's like i mean that's really a personal thing but that was also kind of fun i mean i don't mind that i did that but ultimately i did just choose what i liked best and thank god i i got to that point before making a decision because otherwise, who knows what I would have ended up with. I would have ended up with not the thing that I like, but the thing that I thought, I think I'm going to, I don't know what I would have, it would have been this weird, um, like, no, it's like crowdsourcing a decision and choosing the, sort of like the, the thing that I think will be the least potentially, the thing that I will be, you know what it is, the thing that. I think I was always afraid that what if one day I'm like, oh, I dislike that. So the most the most inoffensive thing is what I would have chosen, I guess. Yeah, I mean, listen, I that's it's it's I'm trying to think of a good analogy, but it's like there's safety in knowing that this is the highest quality. Yeah. But at a certain point, like I had to sacrifice a few cars when I was buying my my most recent car that were probably better, safer buys in the long run mm-hmm. in terms of reliability and whatever. But I'm happy every time I drive my car. Yeah, see that, and that's the thing that I want, and that's the thing that I think in so many decisions in my life I had sacrificed because I just chose the thing that's quote unquote safer in the long run, but that didn't make me happy at all. Yeah, I've done that, and it's not I, rewarding. Yeah, you I've kind of be, always done that. No, you need to be. You need to do what's going to make you happier on the day to day. Yeah. Even if it means that five years from now it's going to cause some frustration, like. Right. You can't put a price on five years of being bliss, being blissful over something. You know, everything's going to have a problem. Yeah, your civics still going to break down even if it takes seven years as opposed to five. Like you gotta, you gotta make yourself happy. True, so true, Gary, and wise. No, I'm not wise. 
No, not you. What you said is. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, the statement was fine. Yeah. Not me. All right. Well, this has been a fun Allison plus Gary plus you guys um, episode. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow Gary on Twitter at G. Patrick Smith. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. Um, perhaps you want some extra Allison Rosen as your new best friend. I feel like you probably do. Why not get the special bonus episode of this show recorded live at the L.A. Podcast Festival with Doug Benson and Greg Proops? Oh, the ar- the architect who wrote in talked about that. It's $1.99, and it's in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. And make sure to download this podcast on Monday, brand new episode with Bobby Moynihan. He's a delight and delightful, both of them. And he's wonderful. And uh, is there anything else we are leaving out? No. Um, Thank you again so much for listening. And tell all your friends, won't you? And tell your um, animals and send me puppy pics, you know, if you want. Okay. I love you guys. Bye. Hey, do you know? and Rose and Show. We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Thank you for choosing the Alice and Rose and Show. Digital.